BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's my favorite rant for the day excerpted from our podcast, which you can find over at tomharpin.com. Welcome back. This is this is fascinating. Somebody on Twitter, um, let me get over there and attribute it to the right person. Rusty Cannon on Twitter uh, tweeted to me this uh, article from BusinessInsider.com. Every year, this is this is this is pretty amazing. Uh, every year on the Monday after daylight savings time in the spring. Now, uh, you know, the change back in the fall, we get an extra hour of sleep, and so everybody likes that. There doesn't seem to be a problem associated with that. But the one in the spring literally kills. On the Monday of daylight savings time, hospitals nationwide see a 24% increase in heart attacks. By Tuesday, that rate has dropped by 21%. So there's still another 3% increase in heart attacks, but it's like that, that, you know, it's just losing, losing an hour's sleep, basically. In fact, according to the article, the average American loses about 40 minutes of sleep as a consequence of this change. And the author goes on to note that uh, it takes weeks to recover from this. Uh, We're prone to make more deadly mistakes on the roads. Uh, The uh, researchers estimate that car crashes in the U.S. cost likely likely 30... extra people their lives over a nine-year period from 2002 to 2011. And also in the week of the springtime week of daylight savings time, we have more injuries at work, more strokes, and even more suicides. So this, you know, thus, and this article says Florida and Massachusetts are starting to lobby to ditch the switch. I think we should just do it nationally. So, uh, and, and it's not really saving anything as far as we can tell. So, actually, it is daylight savings time. Okay, <laughs> Howard Foreman says, yeah. And, and uh, another person says, uh, too bad you don't take questions from your Twitter feed. What can be addressed before November to repair the damage by the GOP and, and 45 and Trump to our government? Uh, we just need to wake up as many people as possible. I mean, every one of us needs to make a, you know, part of our personal mission to turn people on to progressive media, tell you know, get them reading progressive websites, uh, obviously you know, radio and television programming, um, things like that. You know, help help wake people up. I mean, it's just pretty straightforward stuff. Stephen in Huntsville, Texas. Hey, Stephen, what's on your mind today? Hey, glad to find you. I have not seen you in decades. You're looking terrific. Well, thank you, Stephen. What's up? Uh, my background is. Uh, liberal. My grandmother was a suffragette. She was a member of the American-Soviet Friendship Committee throughout all of World War II. MacArthur and Patton, she just told them, you're wrong. 
the Russians are our friend. Well, in World War II, they were our friend. They were our allies. They they helped us. Yeah, our allies. You know, to we could we couldn't have defeated Germany without the help of Russia. It was just, that oh, just comes right down to that. Yeah, and and so she always felt vindicated. I mean, she mm. she believed through that forever, women's liberation and such. And I I just share that with you because uh, my background is much of what you're talking about, and uh, I'm sort of loyal to, to some of that. Uh, my my question for you to answer later in the show, perhaps, is why do you call Reagan a neoliberal? I never heard that before. And what talking with people like you, it's it's dialogue, it's rational, it's argument, it's substantive. Some people, like maybe the guys coming out of Berkeley lately who want to go to violence, they don't have a substance to talk about. Mm. Okay, they, I'll watch your show and you get to that. The real thing I want to understand is this deal about tariffs, and I might agree with you. My father was a union organizer uh, for 10 years of public employees, so I'm steeped in the union thought. So your question, war, huh? so your question is? My question is, post-World War II, the message of economic interdependence between America and, like, say, China now or Russia, right. to where it makes no sense to go to war with a company or a country that you have so much money invested in, it was supposed to be a peace plan. Yeah, that, well, that was the theory of the European Union. That's why they put the European Union together, because, you know, Europe had just had two insanely bloody wars, uh, World, War, World Wars One and Two. And and they thought, you know, if we can if we have a shared uh, economic future, then, you know, we won't have another war. Um, I, I don't think that the European Union experiment is going. I mean, it's working out really, really well for Germany. And but, you know, yeah. you talk to talk to Greeks and or Portuguese or, you know, Irish or whatever. Well, the Irish like the EU because it gives them access to the continent. But. But you talk to a lot of uh, folks in other countries, and they'll tell you that their sense of it is that basically um, the EU is simply Germany's way of having, you know, won World War II. Uh, it's right. you know, yeah, yeah. the euro in okay. particular, you know, going with that single currency. But to your question about, about Reagan, um, neoliber I define neoliberalism as the belief that markets are, are, are better than democracy, essentially, and that and that market that marketplaces should should be making decisions rather than governments and people and 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 you know that the power that we traditionally hold on behalf of the people by government that that power should instead reside quote in the marketplace and by in the marketplace the way it always ends up being played out is by those who control the marketplace which is the wealthiest and most powerful the largest corporations and and you know what's so the question uh, a neoliberal question is always what's best for the big corporations and uh, you know doing away with tariffs was great for big corporations well, it's not necessarily great for the United States you know all our jobs went overseas and it's not good for our security our national security I mean you know the, the border guard crossing guards the ice guys down in Mexico the border crossing guys or the you know the border patrol they're wearing uniforms manufactured in Mexico I mean how weird is that right so why is it why is it neoliberal as opposed to neoconservative? 
Well, uh, liberal, the, it's, it's, it's using the word liberal in the context of the British use of that word, the European use of that word. Um, in Europe, if you, if you say liberal, what you mean is what we mean as conservative here in the United States, or as corporatist, let's say. Um, you know, okay. so, all right. so, and this is the new, the, the new iteration of 19th century European liberalism. And, uh, you know, but, but you know, we're, we're really kind of getting in the weeds here, Stephen. Um, I, I think the bottom line is that this, this experiment, this neoliberal experiment that, you know, we really went into in a big way, Thatcher in, in uh, 78 and Reagan in 80, um, uh, both the United States and, and Europe or, and the U.K., has turned out to be a failure. It, it, it does, you know, the, the theory was that we were all rich enough that if we turned everything over to the big cor corporations and we encouraged transnational corporate activity, that that would eliminate the possibility of another world war, number one, and, and frankly, I don't think that we're even close to that. In fact, I think that we're, we're staring down the barrel potentially of a war with China specifically. Um, really? and, you know, yeah, I mean, they, they are militarizing at an insanely rapid rate and they and they're, you know, the, the whole conflict around the Spratly Islands and and the stuff in the South China Sea is right. amping up the tensions between China and uh, and, and uh, Japan and and South Korea. And now you've got Taiwan, you know, involved in the mix. And, and it's just, you know, it's and, and, and there's the uh, the you, you, Euripides. No, Euclid. Anyhow, he's a Greek philosopher, the, the trap that was named after him, which was that when, a, when an emerging economy begins to surpass a long dominant economy, that those countries typically end up at war. And, okay. uh, and, and, and uh, that's, you know, that's, that's a very real concern. So, so those well, are the I things. Don't, I, I see North Korea as a buffer for, Japan, uh, for China. Yeah, they, get to they do too. Nuclear weapons on their border, but they don't get called on it. So I don't think China's really interested in denuclearizing North Korea. If they were, they would have stopped Kim a long time ago. Because without China's support, Kim ceases to exist. North Korea just can't. So North Korea, you know, China's using North Korea as a separator from South Korea. You know, the Korean Peninsula is going to attach to that part of the continent. And yeah, and it's their pseudo nuclear threat. Yeah, yeah. And, well, by proxy, you know, from us. But, yeah, yeah, yeah excellent point. Stephen, I need to move along, okay. but thank you for the call. Good talking with you. Rich in Greenwood, Indiana. Hey, Rich, what's up? Hey, Tom, thanks. When you opened the show, you were talking about uh, trade policy and how tariff uh, represents these benefits. And I was suddenly made to think about modern monetary theory and the value it represents and where it comes from. Both of these things are generated by the structure that creates the market. This is government. This is uh, government direction. So tariffs are created by Washington. The idea of MMT is with the Fed, again, government. And I was thinking about how if both of these things were practiced in the same direction, there'd be this bookended reinforcement and there'd be this support for the means of production. In other words, that which the workers control. Right. And the idea that there has been this purposeful demobilizing and a divide and rule that has been perpetrated by that which we call our governance. Um, I'm reminded of a, a statement from the Scott Noble uh, tripart plutocracy 
and I think it was in Solidarity Forever, which was the second of the three. There's Divide at Impera, Solidarity Forever, and then Class Warfare. Carnegie Steelworks plant manager Jay Gould said, I can always hire half the poor to kill the other half. Right, right. Yeah, this is uh, the the issue of of tariffs, of trade policy. The the, the larger, and Rich, thank you for the call. The larger issue here is that we need to have a national conversation about developing a national industrial policy. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Just, you know, slapping a tariff on steel uh, to try to help a Republican in Pennsylvania is, is not going to do it, right? If we need a national comprehensive policy. Great show today. We're discovering that Trump's whole reason for putting tariffs on steel and aluminum was he thought it would help get Rick Saccone uh, elected in Pennsylvania. It looks like Connor Lamb's going to eat his lunch. We'll see. The election's tomorrow. We talked about that at some length today and all the other things in the news, but in particular trade and tariffs. Check it out. The uh, commercial-free podcasts are available at TomHartman.com. And, of course, there's clips of the show right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter.